0: Finling Toyota Studio. It's Cofield and Company.
1: Allen back to throw, scrambling right, gesturing toward the end zone. Throws
2: toward the end zone. Nice. It is batted away nice. by Eli Apple. A pass intended for Gabe Davis, and the Bengals have the ball.
0: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: All right, here we go on a Monday, Cofield, Adam Hill is the company, Ari is steering the ship, Finley, Toyota Studios, lots of NFL to get to today, lots of Raiders to get to today as well, plenty of quarterback talk, losers, losers, anyone who didn't advance to the Final Four in the NFL, losers, also we'll have a list of 10 people that need to be fired. Uh, If they had a bad weekend, you need to be fired. It does not matter what you did
2: previously this season, fired, expired, fired. What's up, Adam? It was it was tough to restrain myself from not cheering once again. I I celebrated so much yesterday. It was it was rough. Uh, what do you do to celebrate now? You're not a big drinker. It's true. I mean, I had a lot of people in town. I was I actually made like six airport runs yesterday. So that was fun, Jeez. but in between it all, uh yeah, it was a it was a good time uh just enjoying that. I actually I will say I restrained myself because I during the third quarter after making one airport run, I pulled into the parking lot of a place near the airport that is a very big Buffalo Bills supporting spot. Sure. And I started to go in. Johnny Max and Henderson? Sure. Uh, I started to go in, and then I got to the door, and I said, this is mean. I can't do it. Oh, well, it's also dangerous. Well, I was just going to go just. Celebrate every incompletion, every bad read. I don't think every, you would have made it to the end of the game if you celebrated every incompletion and the end it would have
1: of the been game. Tough, yeah. Every shots. bad Josh Allen moment. You shots have to for every you have got bad play. Kick.
2: Every bad play by Josh Allen, you'd be dead right now. Right, yeah. Shots. Yeah. Shots. <laughs> tough. So yeah, it was You would have it was, spent a lot of money. Listening to the highlight was uh brought the joy back. So it was good. But it was a good day. Good good weekend, good times. I was asked last week, what was going into the Elite Eight in
1: the NFL, what was your best matchup in the Super Bowl from a coverage standpoint? Like, what would it have been? I said Buffalo-Dallas, which Mm. obviously can't happen now, but I thought, you know, because of the fact that the Bills had their difficulties in the 90s, you know, two fan bases that haven't made it recently. What would have thought Buffalo-Philadelphia from a fan (laughs) standpoint? The only, I mean, the only disadvantage there is the travel. Like, how many of those fans from both sides would have made it
2: all the way out? Well, Uh, especially considering... Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Especially considering the Bills fans would have had to travel to Atlanta first. It's a good point. They'd have to pay the money to go to
1: the uh, neutral site game. Yeah. Which we avoided. That nonsense. Although, we'll get into that, because I think that's the beginning of
2: something new. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, I think that would... From a fan standpoint, that would have... I mean, there would have been multiple murders in Phoenix. That would have been fun. (laughs) Uh, Philly Philly fans getting thrown through tables. Sure. Buffalo fans choking on cheesesteaks. Sure. Uh, It would have been great. Uh, But... Yeah, I, I, look. I think Cincinnati doesn't really have a fan base. It's developing now, I guess, because people are jumping on board. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City has been there so mu- so many times, so that's not really fun or new. San Francisco fans are are what they are. And they've also had like a thousand Super Bowl wins, so it's not that exciting. They are pretty rabid though, and they like to fight. There's the wine and cheese group, it's and the then and there's cheese, kind bro. of the scuzz bag
1: group. Well, the kind the, of the, the, the the Diaz the, brothers, the men and women of the people like us. The Diaz
2: brother contingent. The, are the, you the, saying
1: St- Stocktonians in general, sure. Stocktonites in general, or are the Diaz brothers from MMA? Are they actual Niners fans? No. Oh, Nate. Nate did the intro
2: video for the first playoff game. It was fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. We actually, I'll try we to. Gotta send tra- that. We got to track that down. Yeah, I'll send that our. It was. It was so good. It was so good for like la- last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, that'd be nice if they make it. Hopefully, those guys uh, are both doing radio appearance. Radio. No, <laughs> not gonna happen. Nate, Mike. Nate'll we be got there. Nick. We got Nick
2: Diaz for you. I didn't show up. I guarantee Nate. Sorry, will be, everybody. I guarantee Nate will be at the Super Bowl if they're if they're in it. Do he have a fight set up yet? Never. No. It happened. It'll happen at some point. Nate. No. Nothing. No. He's a he's a free agent. So he's out there.
1: All right. Final four is set, and uh, we just went through the the fan bases. But from a you know competitive standpoint, I mean, you look at the odds board. I don't know how much has changed since these numbers were out last night. But it doesn't get much more even than the Final Four with every team squeezed between plus 260 and 275.
2: Yeah, no favorites, no underdogs. Everybody is just right. And, to, and the games themselves, yeah. There's slight favorites uh, just because uh, two teams are home this week. Yeah. But it's like, there's it's so indistinguishable. And part of that, I think the Chiefs might be considered the favorite to this point if Mahomes was healthy. But that's obviously not the case. So... Yeah, I mean, essentially every team, it's, it's I, I believe uh, most spots are like plus 260, plus 270 between those two numbers for all the teams. Like maybe the Chiefs would be plus 230 uh, and the Bengals might be like plus 280, plus 290 if Mahomes was healthy. But that's not the case right now. It's basically just, you can basically just make everybody even. Everybody's like two and a half to one right now. Who's going to win? And I think that makes things, uh, even Ooh. if the fan matchups aren't there, I think it makes it very fun. Uh, that we're at that level.
1: Numbers right now: Eagles two and a half against the Niners. Uh, Chiefs have flipped to dog. So I got them at one minus one last night. Apparently, apparently, I was
2: on the wrong side. Plus one. Negative Mahomes news out there. What is it? No, I mean just uh, that's the that's what I'm saying. What, what would move it? The rumors yeah. kind of floating around a little bit, and um, it's like the stock market. You see those things move a little bit, just slightly ahead of when news starts to surface, and it's out. Maybe you know, maybe the internally, the feeling isn't as good with the Chiefs as uh, we think it might be outside, that they get an extra day to rest, and where will Mahomes be? But he looked awful. I, he looked terrible. We're going to hit this in the 5.30 portion of the show. It's
1: one of the biggest stories, but we'll go through what happened yesterday and then start looking ahead a little more, but Final Four is set. Uh, yeah, Eagles plus 260 to win the Super Bowl. Chiefs 270, Bengals 270, Niners 320. So I guess the Niners would be The dog, although a lot of people think the Niners are the best team remaining, the games go down next week at uh, just after noon for the NFC and the AFC kickoff around 340. So, Brock Purdy made it, which I keep waiting for the kid to fall flat on his face, but he's got such a good team around him. As long as he doesn't make mistakes like Dak, then the Niners could be fine. Eric Eager, who we had on Friday, formerly of uh, Pro Football Focus, and now he's doing uh, I don't, do they have a name for the new project? Super? Super Sports. Okay. He tweeted out about San Fran and Purdy that we could be on our way to another Super Bowl with a quarterback on rookie money, which I guess includes Hurts, too. So we're guaranteed that. Right, because we're just guaranteed from the contracts. NFC side. Yeah, Purdy and Hurts. Hurts makes a little more than Purdy, obviously, as a seventh-round pick. And that has happened every season from 2012 until the present other than 2016. So we're looking at nine of ten years someone has had a quarterback on a cheap deal. And I started thinking to myself, because we've got a poll question up about where Derek Carr should go huh? if he insists on going to a playoff contender and when we put it together, I was thinking some you know big ballers coming back the other way. But when you see that, 2012 to 2022 now, one year, the whole time, the Super Bowl has been missing a quarterback in a rookie deal. So that means there's been a cheap quarterback in the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Do the Raiders need to just pull off the scab and go, you know what? We're going cheap. We're going cheap. Because... That's the way this gets done. You got to start at 0 with the quarterback money clock and you got it with you know you got to win it within that first 4 years before it really jumps up.
2: Well, no the Raiders should not. But but they the issue is they should have done it last year. But you don't think and they should do, they're do it behind. now. No, cuz they're not this team is not built like that and you now you're telling a quarterback and a, or excuse me a, a coach and a general manager to do that after a year of trying to go all in. Now you're going to try to step back. Now you're going to lose this year and then probably fire them. Like I said, you got to rip off the scab and and give these guys three years to build. You should have. They should have. But they better do that. If they were going to do that, they need to come out right now. Not today, but they need to come out before the draft and say, Josh potatoes and Dave Ziegler are the coach and the general manager for the next four years. (laughs) and you you give them a contract extension right i'm not saying to do this right but that's what you'd have to do because you have
1: you have to you, i don't i don't like this plan but we've seen the cheap quarterback money teams one makes the super bowl every year except one in the last 10 years and if you were to do this and the way i'm looking at it i don't think they're going to do it i don't think they should do it but if they were going to do it you don't play middle ground so what you do is Derek Carr is going somewhere for picks. Then before the draft, you're doing Devonte Adams for picks, like A.J. Brown. Then you're trading Renfro for
2: picks. Then you're moving Waller for picks. And you can build around Max Crosby. That's it. I would say Crosby and maybe Adams. I think you want a, a receiver. Because because okay. one of the one of the secrets of this is the one of the biggest reasons why you are successful with a rookie quarterback is for the most part you look around and you say – You get that rookie quarterback, a superstar receiver, not only to to help them. Good point. You got to give them weapons, but also to see what you know. Hey, is this person good? Because part of this is a lot of times it's the second or third try at a rookie quarterback that you actually make it. So you need somebody to to tell them whether or whether or not uh, the the quarterback is the quarterback is good. They need to have receivers in place that you can tell that on. But the, the issue is it's not just having a rookie quarterback. It's all the other spots that you're able to fill in and put a. Unbelievable roster around a rookie quarterback, and have them kind of move forward with that. So you've got to build the right infrastructure first. You, you don't just say we draft a rookie quarterback, we go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't work that way. And by the way, you mentioned we're guaranteed to have it. It's three of the four quarterbacks that are in, that are in this Final Four are all in rookie deals, and they all, by the way, also have superstar offensive players around them um, and good defenses, which is how they've got got themselves in this position. But that's why it's so, so effective, and that's also why you know, some of the teams that lost are having their windows closed because now they're paying quarterbacks an astronomical amount of money and are going to have to have trouble building around them. So uh, it is the way to build the team. We've been talking about this on this show for years. That's the right way to do it, uh, but it's a really, really tough thing to do. It's a tough sell to the fans, and it's it's a tough sell to management and ownership and all that, but that's the proper way to do it.
1: Um I think there's a team out there you can fleece. They get very emotional. The owners get way too involved in personnel. Give them a call right now. I'm telling you, give them a call right now. It's the Cowboys. We'll break down what appears to be, I don't know what's going on in Dallas. You want to keep ripping back? We'll take them here in Vegas.
0: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield Co. The pushback on Dak Prescott at this point, folks, he's now gone from a player who didn't have a ton of turnovers early in his career behind a great O-line, but they didn't ask him to do much. Well, now the Cowboys O-line's been in a little bit of a rebuild. Now they ask him to throw more often in games in which they don't have a great consistent run game. And this is what you get. You may want draft quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady, every other year, Belichick drafted a quarterback. Now... Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. So we got the final four set
1: around the National Football League and uh, locally with the Raiders. Still thinking, hey, what are they going to do with quarterback, right? Think about what's going on in the AFC right now. Now you can add, probably add Trevor Lawrence to the mix of, holy crap, this guy's going to be around for 10 years. Two Mahomes, two Josh Allen. I know you're going to annihilate Josh (laughs) Allen later on. Uh, two Joe Burrow, two Justin Herbert. That's what, five teams?
2: Right? Lawrence that, is the
1: is Lawrence is on the Jets, right? That's five teams. <laughs> right? With a quarterback who's probably around for eight or 10 years at a minimum. Yeah. I think that's fair. You're in this weird zone where you just hired these two guys. Can they do a complete rebuild? Is Mark Davis in for that? What do they do? Right? I think it should be on the phone today with Dallas because I don't know what Dallas is doing today, but this is exactly why and yesterday is exactly why the Cowboys are a mediocre organization and their fans believe they should go to the Super Bowl every year. And Jerry Jones thinks that they should go to the Super Bowl every year. He's the root of the problem. Where do you want to start with this? We want to look at the game and just a comedy of errors in terms of coaching A, a coach who coached the game like, Hey, I'm here for a while. Like, bruh. I don't know if you are. I don't care what Jerry Jones said after the game about, oh, it's fine with McCarthy. Why did he coach like that? He was forced into going for one of the fourth downs because it was real nervous, shaky time with Brent Maher. But the rest of the game, he just played conservative when he came down to third and fourth down. Go for the friggin' win, bro. And then in the final couple of minutes, the, the decision to boot the ball away with 220 left. Nonsense. You're not getting it back. Then they get it back with no time, and then they mismanage the clock, and then they're running some cockamamie you know, Zeke Elliott at center play, which is mean, a hopeless play anyway, but <laughs> it was just laughable. They're, they're, they're McCarthy and crew were getting laughed at after the game. I still wanted to see what was gonna happen. Like I I oh, think. Oh, I was, was excited a, to see the play. Yeah. But here's the problem. You line up for it, Niners are like, time out.
2: Let's set up for this. So the element of surprise is gone. Yeah, and then and Dalton Schultz for some reason just <laughs> taking away their chance to potentially throw a Hail Mary by just carelessly stepping out yeah, of bounds just for a Long no reason. step,
1: right foot, just not even trying to drag it.
2: <laughs> then the other one is, and
1: you know, Greg Olson explained it, you go out of bounds, you gotta drive a little bit forward, otherwise these Jabronis are
2: gonna freaking roll the clock. Yeah. And it, they did. It was I mean, mismanaged by players, by coaches, by everyone. Buck stops where? Well, with the coach right. and with the quarterback. I mean, th- those those are those are the cases. And you know, I, I, they they go for that fourth down as you mentioned because they had to because they didn't trust the kicker, and then they actually pick it up, and then <laughs> Dak turns it over. Like they actually had they they were putting together a nice drive, and I don't want to I don't want to crush them too much. Like they they played very well defensively. Obviously, put together a very good defensive game plan. We're right in the game. I think the plan was have a chance to be right there and try to win it late, and and I think they could have had a chance to if if. Not for some poor decision making by the quarterback, some poor plays by, you know, other guys on the field and some some questionable decisions. But I, I think that conservative in this case might have been somewhat appropriate because one thing you don't want to do against the 49ers is turn it over and let their off, you know, let the defense score. I points. don't I don't
1: mean conservative throughout the game. I mean conservative on big decision plays. Get aggressive. Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean I'm a very aggressive Especially if he's coaching for his job, Adam. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't think Sean Payton to the Cowboys is completely done. And well, it might be based on this. Uh, if Sean Payton was looking last night and today at social media for the Cowboys, what are they doing? Yeah, they're like on their own social media account. They're taking shots at, at Dak Prescott. Yeah, do you want him or not? Who who? I wonder who approved or ordered or they, well, where does the buck stop that? on the, on stuff like that? Jones, right? Jerry Jones. If the owner sees nonsense pointing out that, hey, you know, to win playoff games, you can't turn the ball over, and Dak turned it over twice, basically it was a message sent out on the Dallas Cowboys social media. Yeah. The owner would be like, no, no, no. What are we doing? Now, there's, certain, there's, about, there's probably a handful of idiot owners who mostly don't win. Idiot strong, but, you know, overly competitive, irresponsible owners who think they're motivating players by calling them out via social media. But the good ownership groups don't do stuff like that. You know, the only other thing is, I'm gonna the, dude, good, the good owners don't come down and talk to the kicker during warm-ups. Like, what, what? is that? He'd give a pep talk. And if I'm Dak, I got no problem. You know, he's a really good character guy. I would have no issue if Dak pulled a little bit of Derek Carr but didn't do it through subtweeting and his brother, right? Go out and go, I don't understand why they're ripping me. I've done everything I can. I came back from a snap leg a couple of years ago. You know, and everyone else around the NFL... Dak Prescott here, my contract ain't bad. So if you want, call the Cowboys because I'm ready to go. <laughs> and let me tell you, the situation the Raiders are in right now, in this kind of no man's land of what Derek Carr wants to do and what a trade market could really be, why couldn't? Why can't the Raiders call up and see if the Jones boys, as dopey as they are sometimes and as emotional as they are sometimes, hey, we'll do a swap. You get Derek Carr, we get Dak Prescott. And I put that out on a poll question earlier, and we'll give the results a little later on. We'll update it a couple of times. Because my thought was, hey, if Derek Carr says, okay, I'll agree to opt into this and agree to a trade, but only two playoff contenders. So teams like the Panthers, the Texans, they're out. So it's anyone who was within hailing distance of the playoffs. The Cowboys were in the playoffs. The Cowboys may want to change. What an ego stroke it would be for Derek Carr. I don't think he'd understand what he's walking into. Sure. I don't think he understands any of what he's going to be walking into elsewhere, unless it's Carolina or some, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny market. But why, why couldn't the Raiders call? Why shouldn't the Raiders be interested in Dak Prescott? It seems like they want to hit the reset button in Dallas. His contract is affordable. Remember when he signed it everyone was like, Oh my God, they're outrageous. It's gone up over $50 million, not his contract, but per year quarterbacks at the top of the heap, are making 48 to $52 million a year. A year. He's in the 30s. That's yeah. about what you were going to pay Derek Harr. De- Dak Prescott's younger. He's more of a leader. He's a better character guy. The guy you have now doesn't want to be here. You're going to help him by letting him opt into his contract. Oh. He would
2: love to go to Dallas. I think it makes a ton of sense for the Raiders. I don't know why the Cowboys would do it. That's <laughs> what I said emotional call now today. <laughs> call today. right? Because you can't the problem is, like, the, problem is the, the the Raiders would or the Cowboys would be saved by this cuz you can't make a deal for another 2 months. So they would agree to it and they could back out of it at any time and the Raiders are locked into that contract which is the last thing they want to do. Like that would be the issue with this. Uh there is there is a potential, you know, snag there. Uh the hold up. I just think it would be crazy for the Cowboys to make that decision. But again, emotional. they
1: tweeting on their own account, I bashing know. their quarterback.
2: The problem is that's an emotional take thing. Take advantage of it. That's an emotional thing that they would then have two months to get ripped about and then have the opportunity to opt out of. So you can't take advantage of this. I, I think if you could make the deal today and try to take advantage of their emotions, maybe they would, but you're not going to be able to do that because they have two months to back out of it. And that would be the, <laughs> be the difficult part. And in terms of the car, and I know you were referencing it in terms, you know, that he wants to go to a playoff contender, which I saw, like... It's not happening. And also, this whole thing about he can he can block a deal if he wants to is all true. But why on earth? He is not getting the contract he has right now on the open market. He, wants, he needs to get a trade so that the team has to lock into the contract. That's why he needs to accept a trade. Because he's not getting that much money. So that's why he would accept a trade. And he will accept a trade. He can say he wants to go to a playoff team. That's fine. I don't think a playoff team is gonna make it. You would go to a dumpy team just for the money? I would. Oof. Really? Sure. We got cash. He's got a lot of money already. Go win. But what winning team is going to go what team that has a chance to win is gonna go with Derek Carr? I'll give you my list in a little bit. How about that? Okay. Okay. Come to
1: ESPN Las Vegas. Vote in the poll. The premise is Derek Carr insists on going to a playoff contender. You're trading Carr for another quarterback on a playoff contender. Dak is at the top of my list. If the Cowboys want to be S heads about this and tweet out nonsense about their quarterback, a good character guy who I still think can improve, especially with better coaching, take advantage of him. Go get Dak. Why not? Uh, Running Rebels playing tomorrow, a Tuesday game. Wyoming is in town. It's an 8 o'clock start. It's Cancer Awareness Night. This whole week into next week is Coaches versus Cancer. Raising awareness for cancer.org where you can make your donations. Rebels looking to get back on the winning track. It's also $2 beer night. Miller Lite Draft available for just 2 bucks at select concession stands through halftime. So take advantage of that. Get your tickets at UNLVtickets.com. 8 o'clock start tomorrow. UNLV hosting
0: the Cowboys of Wyoming. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter.
1: Shannon Sharp, you a real coward, man. You a real coward. You 54 years old, trash-talking 26-year-old Dylan
0: Brooks, and you trash-talking for LeBron. You a fanboy. You a groupie fanboy, even though you a Hall of Fame. I'm going to tell y'all something now. I done played college football and and, and
2: NFL football and have been around. A lot of them dudes are groupies. Even though they stars to y'all, they groupies.
0: Now... Back to Colefield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio.
1: Rolling out on a Monday, wrapping up the Elite Eight in the NFL. Final Four is on the way. We're talking about um, more quarterback possibilities. Why not, right? What's going to happen with Derek Carr? Where does he want to go? Is he going to be released? Uh, I think a lot of people have been convinced that he's going to be released. Adam Schefter had a pretty interesting take on four quarterbacks over the weekend, and Derek Carr was one of them, and he seemed pretty certain that he is going to be traded, so we'll revisit that in just a couple minutes. That was Doc Holliday, who's a one-year NFL vet. (laughs) I mean, he looks big enough that he could fight Shannon Sharp, but calling him a fanboy... Doc Holliday is the sports director at uh, WMC in Memphis. So I wonder why he was so heated about this. Hmm. Hmm. So, what this is was Shannon Sharp going at it, Dylan Brooks, hometown hero, played in Finley Prep, went to Oregon. Boo. Those guys getting into it on Friday night. This was after the Grizz, one of my favorite teams in the NBA. They're fun. By the way, I was talking to someone, I, might have, I think it was off the air. I was talking to someone like two weeks ago, and they're like, You know, who do you like in the West? I'm like, Grizz. Eh, I don't think they have it. I'm like, <laughs> They have it. <laughs> they have a top five player in John Morant, and they've got a bunch of bastards on the floor who just muck it up, play good defense. I'm a very interested onlooker of Stephen Adams, one of the biggest people in the world. Sure. And when Shannon Sharp, and Brooks were trading FUs. <laughs> then Steven Adams walked over, and you're like, oh, boy. I have no idea if, Steve Adam, if Steven Adams can fight, but he's just gargantuan. Um, Then John Morant's dad, who's like 6'4", 140, walks over. He wants to get into it with Shannon Sharp. They escort Shannon Sharp off of the court. They let him cool down at half and let him come back out. It's Shannon Sharp is a celebrity. Meanwhile, I don't know if you saw the clip of LeBron getting super pissed off during the game where he starts kind of yapping at the Grizzlies and someone said, chill. And he's basically like, no, I'm not effing chilling. We're not doing this. Like, you guys have done this, this for the last I, time. I'm tired of this. Yeah, it's, I'm done. And then, you know, you see him, whatever, a couple minutes later. It might have been the next time up the floor. I don't even know. But, you know, going down and throwing down a jam. So it got pretty heated, which is, which is cool this time of year for things to be that heated. But the big issue... You know, turns into Shannon Sharp at a game. Great sweater, by the way. Uh, saying he wanted to fight Steven Adams and Brooks. So, what was your reaction to this? Because I saw a lot of people who were like, "That was embarrassing," or like this guy I mean, in Memphis who's <laughs> like, you know, "You know,
0: you're
2: a fanboy." <laughs> he might be. I mean, it was a little bit embarrassing. I think. Uh, I think you can you can say that it was not behavior that you want to have out there necessarily. But um, I actually am going to go the other way and say. I was starting to think late last week that the Grizzlies were the team to beat in the West. Nah, they didn't want that smoke. They backed down from Shannon Sharp.
1: I mean, they lost that game and then they lost (laughs) at Phoenix. Here was LeBron after the game going, "You know what? I got Shannon Sharp's back. Let's do it."
2: I ride with Shannon three hundred sixty-five days, sixty-six on a leap year, twenty-four-seven. So that's my guy. So always got his back. He got mine. So he can talk with the best of them for sure. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Shannon Sharp was defending LeBron, essentially. So LeBron's going to go to bat for him. I don't think he's going to crush him. Now, the issue, that was a – fun might not be the right word. It was a, an entertaining, fascinating moment. It was kind of cool to see. I hope that other fans don't start thinking like, oh, this is cool. I want to be a part of this too. That is a problem. Like, it's a one-time thing. Don't don't set the example. You're not going to fight NBA players. Right. This is a one-time. Hey, that was cool because it was Shannon Sharp, but we know who it was, and there was this whole heated thing going on, on the floor, and he was part of it. All right, it happened. It was embarrassing. Might be again. Might be the right word. Don't want to see it, but it was entertaining and and cool, and got going on social media. But don't be that person that thinks they can also do that. I got these close to the floor. I'm going to be Shannon Sharp. No, don't. Let's talk about the real story here. Since I'm very much into fighting, by the way.
1: Slap is back this oh, week. God. Dana White, slap. Can't wait for it on TBS. Could Shannon Sharpe at 54 match up pretty decently with 27-year-old Dylan Brooks? In a slap fight? Well,
2: slap fight would be dynamite. <laughs> I think they should do it. Just a, just a straight-up tussle. Wouldn't that be the way to actually make slap fighting somewhat entertaining? Start doing the celebrity matchups, the beefs? Do you really want me to do this? Yes.
1: Okay. First of all, one of the flaws I saw with with
2: slap, and I know you watched it, how much of an edge it is to go for. No, I told you it was on uh, Wednesday's trivia night. It was on at the bar where we do trivia. Okay. Um, and I thought everybody would start getting into it. They did not. It did not go over well. You were the bunch of so I watched it. Beta people. Um, I don't like the
1: pedestal, the the little table that they use in Dana White's league. I think it's too high. If you noticed shorter people have a disadvantage.
2: We got to get over the over the table.
1: Yeah. I actually watched uh I don't even know how I found this one. I watched highlights of uh little people in some sort of slap league and they had like it was almost like on the ground the table. So you want it to raise and lower based on the height of the con- competitors? I would like that actually, yes. And but my point is with 66 against 64, you know, Brooks against Shannon Sharp, it wouldn't matter. But I need. I think they need to work on the table. Well, I feel like in that case, it's going to be whoever goes first. Oh, you never know. Someone can miss a slap. There were a lot of missed slaps in Dana White show. I I feel a lot of grazes across uh, the face, a lot of caressing.
2: One thing I feel like is the. I know you have to hold the bar behind your back so that you can't defend or you can't shoulder shoulder right. roll. You're that supposed kind of thing. to hold like a little roll behind your back, both right. both hands behind. But your also, back. I want your I want your your body kind of strapped in because I don't want any kind of flinch that would. I know they look for it, but I want to be sure that nobody's nobody's bracing or flinching. You have they, to actually, actually take it.
1: They have a lot of rules. They're looking for it. I know. I didn't but, realize how they uh, they really want to enforce that, you know, that like that bottom of your thumb part, right? You can use that, but you get up near the ear, that's a foul. Right, but it's like tough I would to see. see. I, I could see coin flip, Dylan Brooks, kind of the meat of the thumb, right into the ear, sharp disqualification. That's the kind of guy he is. Well, maybe no, that's why I like Dylan Brooks, and that's he's one of the reasons I like the Grizzlies to do well in the West. But it would, man, there was an outpouring of uh, what the hell is Shannon Sharp doing? I mean, mostly about his clothes. I like the sweater. It also struck me is this FS1 all over again? What with the fallout? No. Skip and Shannon died down. They're like, Shan, let's go to the Lakers game. Why
2: don't you start beefing a little bit? Is this part of the bit? I mean, when you work with the promoter, as he does every day, he doesn't work with a sports analyst or an opinion maker, it's a promoter. Maybe it was. I enjoyed it. And on the flip side of it, I do, I think the Lakers, I
1: think. The Lakers have to get more angry. I didn't like hearing LeBron, you know, kind of complain about 2 weeks ago that he, you know, he wants to win, he didn't do this not to win. Like, well then get mad. When you're barking on the floor and then jam- jamming on the Grizzlies like, you got to do more of that or
2: be a better GM. Well, he can't fix that. Well, actually, did he make the deal today for so. uh, Hachimura? I think so. He's I mean, he's trading around. He's trading away 2029 20, second round <laughs> I picks. The, I love the so NBA. Why,
1: <laughs> so why not? 3 seconds into the 2030s. To get Rui Hachimura.
2: And I guess it's a, he's, and a, some help. he's a, a catch-and-shoot guy from the corner He can play some defense. Yep. They got bigger deals on the way.
1: Okay. You watch. You point back. This is going to be the beginning of something big because of Shannon yep. Sharp.
0: Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 9, 20 a.m. The Runnin' Rebels host the Wyoming Cowboys at the Thomas & Mack for a midweek Mountain West matchup. The Rebels have been playing some very close games of late, but have had trouble sealing the win in the last few minutes of the game. Can the Rebels play a complete game and grab the win for the fans at the Thomas & Mack on $2 beer night? Find out Tuesday at 7.30 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Stick around. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. Oh, he's got Goddard with a one handed touch. Billis Goddard in. Touchdown. Deal with their success down here. Bubble screen. Devontae Smith. Got a block. Got a touchdown. That ball is picked off. Triple of the snap. Hertz found it, and there's the end zone ahead for another Philadelphia touchdown.
1: Day uh, going to cover at least at the beginning of the week, kind of wrap up the teams that bowed out of the playoffs in the Elite Eight. It's Cofield, it's Adam Hill. Daniel McCarton covers New York sports at WFAN.
3: Coach, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, Steve and Adam? Both you guys, how
1: are you? Uh, pretty good. I don't like the Giants, so I enjoyed the <laughs> the mess that were the Giants. But here's the thing: uh, Brian Dable and the Giants overachieved this year, so I wonder what was the reaction. This weekend after the game, this Monday, are people really mad at the Giants? Or they kind of have a you know a little picture here of what reality is? They're a you know a growing team, but they're not a great team yet.
3: Yeah. So uh, I, I actually was on the radio. I host the show right after that game, and uh, it was uh, it was a therapy session. I would say uh, for New York sports fans, especially Giants fans, of course. But um, you know the, the main takeaway from my show that night, and I don't know what other hosts are doing, but how I view it is. Listen, the Giants, um, they gave it a great run, right? They, they exceeded all expectations. I mean, I thought they might have been a fringe playoff team, but to think that they actually won a playoff game, um, you know, the, the, the yes, disappointment immediately, but you got to look at the big picture, step back and look at it. Like I said, the Giants are in excellent hands with Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, and the future looks very optimistic for the Giants, um, for, on my show anyway.
2: Uh, you mentioned a couple of names there one of them was not the name of Daniel Jones does the future yeah. look good for Daniel Jones with the Giants
3: yeah so they had you know the post-mortem press conference today uh you know after after they've been uh kicked out of the playoffs and uh it, it Joe Shane was very very optimistic that uh, that uh, Daniel Jones will be back next year obviously they say it's a business this and that but uh, I would be I would be surprised if he is not we'll put it that way
1: do we you f- think he, do you think he should be back
3: I was always a fan of Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, the guy's throwing to uh, a, a wide receiver that they picked up on the bye week. He's throwing to his, his wide receiver one is Aries Slayton. He was, a, I think, seventh-round pick, 170-something overall. I mean, yeah, I mean, you give the guy some weapons. You give the guy an offensive line. He's got all this. To me, he has all the tools that you need, yeah.
1: What if I'm the GM of the Raiders and I call the Giants and I say, you know we'll trade you Derek Carr for Daniel Jones. Um, exactly. you got to think about it. Exactly. Well, no, this is I an idea. I mean, this is idea. It's a good
3: idea. It's an even trade, I would think. And I think Daniel Jones would be the cheaper option for the Giants.
2: Yeah, if you so throw, I'll, throw, I'll keep it Jones. throw it back at Steve and say, what exactly is the contract? Like, he's not – you can't trade him right Yeah, now. right. It's,
3: they're free agents, right. But right. And here's the other thing, Adam. Something we talked about on my show. Derek Carr has not won a game where the kickoff temperature is at or below 37 degrees. And as I look at my Apple Watch right now, it's 35 degrees right now. I mean, you're not – why would you sign up for someone who hasn't won and proven that he can win in the cold? I mean, you're crazy.
1: Oh, wow. I feel like you you spoke to one Adam Hill a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I know you did, and you heard that from him. So so do you think that the Jets and the Giants are both out on Derek
2: Carr?
3: I think the Jets are actually in on Derek Carr. I don't want them to be, but I, I think that they are.
2: What, what is the mood kind of from people who, you know, listen to you and, and give you feedback and hear that that's potentially there? What are the fans thinking about that possibility?
3: About Derek Carter to the Jets, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people love it. People are excited about it. And I keep, I keep, keep trying to tell him, like, the guy can't win in the cold weather. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great guy in the, in the locker room. You can see it. It's evidence. But if you can't win in the cold, then I'm sorry, Adam, I, from the last time we talked, I haven't gotten any farther on building the dome for MetLife Stadium. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's a pass. Derek Carr is a pass for me. And did you see, did, I don't know if you guys heard, that on the, on the radio station, on the, on the fan, Joe Namath said he would unretire number 12 if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Did you hear that?
2: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, good luck with that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a guy who could play in the cold, though.
2: I had the issue about you know Derek Carr potentially with New York media. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers would do in New York either.
3: Um, I, I think people just now have accepted that he's just a weirdo, and if he wins games, <laughs> I don't think it matters. And I don't know if Derek Carr w- would win many games here, so it would matter for him.
1: So what is the market going to be? What do you believe the market's going to be with Daniel Jones in terms of money? Like, How much are the Giants willing yeah. to spend on, on Danny Dimes?
3: Well, two things. I mean, obviously, there's there's the Giants have a lot of pending free agents, or I guess free agents now at the end of the season. Uh, big big guys in big positions. You know, the, I heard on the radio before Saquon Barkley was offered. They offered him twelve point six million dollars. You know, on on the bye week, and and he turned it down. So, and then he also says on the other hand that he's not trying to make reset the market, but you kind of are if you're turning that down, right? Coming off a season with two injuries, so. I think the priority for the Giants is Jones over Saquon right now. You've got to see how all the puzzle pieces fit together, of course. But I, what I saw on Track was, and I love that website, Jones for $25.5 million a year. Oh. I think that's low. Oh. Um, I think uh, they might end up being around 29 30 a year, I think, would we'll get it done.
1: Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was, I know. Adam and I, know. I both looked at
3: each other we're like,
2: oh, God.
3: I know, I know, I know.
2: The the issue that I have is almost is almost similar to what the Raiders dealt with this year. And I think it's a really dangerous thing sometimes in the NFL. And it's I mean, basically you just call it fool's gold, where you're like, hey, made the playoffs. That's good. Well yeah. were they that good? Were they good enough to be there? I, I, I think it was a lot of, you know, smoke and mirrors that got there. So all of a sudden you pay a guy, hey, you took us to the playoffs. That's not really necessarily who he is, and maybe more of what we just saw in the last game against the Eagles is more of what they are or what he is. Uh, I I wouldn't get fooled by a playoff run by a quarterback is what I would say.
3: Yeah, I but I just kind of look at what's going on around him. And again, I'll go back to the wide receivers. there isn't a guy that was drafted higher than the seventh round that he was thrown to, so do you put a Stephon Diggs a disgruntled Stephon Diggs on this team? You make it work. You know, like what what would he look like if he has people to throw the ball to? You know, I don't really believe in Sterling Shepard either. I mean, I don't know why I, I wouldn't have been offered him that contract, but I, I think. Joe Shane was asked on the press conference today and he and people said to him, Hey, like, do you have a talent gap between you and the rest of the NFC East? And he said, yes, we do. And we're working to close it. So I don't know if it's, um, I think they're being really rea- realistic with it. Um, and, and listen, I like Daniel Jones from the beginning. I think a lot of people have, have turned on to him. Uh, but the Eagles were just, it was an overmatch on paper and clearly, uh, you know, in, in practice. So, I don't know if people are going to get too down on him, or should get too down on him because of that game.
2: Well, I guess how different how different can it be in one or two years? How much can you actually close that gap, and how much would you have to just say, "All right, this is not the right direction." Like we have to reset if we're going to catch the Eagles at some point in the future.
3: Right. So, so you look at where the Giants. How do you find a quarterback? Okay, when you don't have a lot of money, how do you find a quarterback? The draft, right? So the Giants are picking what twenty-three or something like that. You're not going to find a quarterback at 23 that's going to be plug-and-play ready right away. So if I'm GM of the Giants, I'm offering a two-, three-year deal. If it's three that gets it done to Daniel Jones, you'll have a clear path from there, and maybe you've built the team up around them so that you can go the, go the Kansas City Chiefs model, drag and drop the quarterback in, and all of a sudden, boom, you're ready to go. Young quarterback on a rookie deal, and then you're ready to go. So I don't think the Giants are in a position to do it just, just now, just right now. Maybe in two or three years there will be, but they'll have a lot more figured out by then.
1: This is a weird direction to go in, but I'll ask Adam the question: When they offer uh, divisional prop bets and you can bet uh, order of finish, can you can you bet uh, you know third place finish just for a team, fourth place finish just for a team? Uh, not usually. I wonder what the odds would be for the Giants to finish last in the NFC East. Because if I got a good enough number, I might bet it. Because I'm I'm with Adam Danielle that I think there's going to be a a uh, bounce in the other direction that, you know, the Giants could have that year two with Dable growing pains, you know, where the schedule gets a little bit harder.
3: Well, yeah, the, the Giants schedule is going to be a lot harder next year. It's already out there. You see the opponents on there, and you're like, oof, uh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> six games, maybe six wins, maybe. But I know people were doing it this year. Right? People were saying it's seven if they're lucky. And all right, but you, you, the, the thing is you got to look in division. The Giants were 1-5-1 and one in the NFC East. So that's where you—that's that, the barometer, right? That you know—that's like the Yankees eyeing up the Astros. You got to get yourself better to beat the Astros if you're the Yankees. You got to get yourself better to, to beat the, the, the Cowboys and the Eagles if you're the Giants. And and I wouldn't bet last. I would I would probably say third again because I don't believe it at all in Washington at all.
1: Well, we'll see, right? Washington, if they get a quarterback, then that obviously makes a, a gigantic difference. I'm not sure who right now is going to sign on to play for an organization that's in limbo, and I certainly wouldn't sign on if I were any good to play with Daniel Snyder as the owner.
3: Right. Me too. I wouldn't either.
1: When are you uh, on FAN this weekend? You got some slots?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm on – we've got a big game this weekend, Knicks and Nets. uh, I think it's at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, so I'm on following that. So Saturday night around 8.30, taking all the way up until about 1 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning.
1: All right, Daniel. Appreciate it. Thank you.
3: All right, guys. Thank you. I'll see you soon.
1: There she is. Coach McCartan, a uh, big fan of Vegas, comes out and uh, visits all the time. She does uh, weekends and post games. Good stuff for WFAN in New York. Yeah, I think the Giants are – whatever they set the win total at next year, eight, maybe they bump them a win because they were, what, seven this year. Dayball's good, though. No, I think Dayball's really good. And that's a conversation we're going to get into in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, did the Bills really show how much they missed Brian Dable this weekend? Because that was not a very good offensive performance. I'm not sure. That it's all at the feet of Josh Allen. I think I know where Adam is going with this, but another Arrow Cofield & Company is on the way.